All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Kale McCarr is going to be out at least for the rest of this week because of those concussions that he had. I don't want to throw blame around or anything, but does the league need a better concussion protocol? So let's dive into that and wherever else it takes us. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Chris Maselli. With me, as always, is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. We have some more uh, listener questions to get to a little bit later, including can Mr. Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon reach the century mark, both of them, in the same season, which would be the first time both of them hit that mark. Can they hit that, among other things? So we'll get to that a little bit later. But where we wanted to start today was kind of focusing in on what's going on <clears> with Kale McCarr. Jared Bednar went on his monthly or weekly radio spot with Altitude and said that he is not going to be playing this week in this next back-to-back, the third and final back-to-back. He is not going to be taking part in that. And we know that he's got, you know, the, the kind of like delayed effects to two concussions from what we understand. And in both scenarios, he left the game and then came back. The second one, I don't think he left the game because of the because of a spotter. It was he got hit in the head and he thought the visor of his helmet kind of like hit him in the nose. So he just went out to get checked real quick. It wasn't concussion related. Turns out probably was. And now he's out again. And in the first first time it happened against Pittsburgh, they did take him out. The spotter saw it, took him out, and he came back into that game. There's so much to kind of like really look at, the, and not just for him, kind of a broad picture on how, you know, we're back here again with how concussions are handled in sports. And we're going to focus in, obviously, on, on the Avalanche and Cam McCarr, and I'm sure Bo Byron would get brought into this conversation. Um, but do you think that there, there needs to be a different approach and protocol for how the NHL handles concussions. Yes, because I think you mentioned like the concussion problem in sports. I think we've come a long way since the days of Steve Young and Brett Favre. Like Steve Young suffered with it tremendously. A lot. Yeah. Um and now fast forward to where we are now. We just had Bo Byron return to the team who suffered with concussions. And now Kale McCarr is suffering with it. And this is now repeated. And going out, coming back, I think there is a concussion problem because currently right now, as at the time of recording, there are five players out with concussion, listed concussion, mm-hmm. a myriad of upper body. Mm-hmm. I think the two kind of work hand in hand. I think not only does the concussion protocol needs to be addressed, but we need to get a little cleaner with what is going on, upper body or not, because if you have 
if you want to kind of hide the concussion problem under the banner of upper body, mm. like you, you, yeah, this, this has to be something that needs to be addressed. You can't just say he's off a couple days. It's an upper body injury. He'll be back in a couple days. You're not helping the cause. And guys like you have Jonas Donskoy, by the way, mm-hmm. is toying with like if he could still play in the league because of the concussion problems. Bo Byram, he was also looking at that same decision last year. And now Kale McCarr. I mean, generational talent. We talk about it all the time. Positionless player, probably one of the greatest ab defenders by the time his career is over. But mm. will the concussions end that career before it really gets started? And, and unless we are more transparent about what's going on concussion-wise, we're never going to adjust the protocol because unless it's a dire situation like Kale McCarr or Bo Byram, you're never going to get it addressed. And if you look at the the protocols for the league, they're pretty robust. Like it, it is a, it's not just like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of just scoop by the seat of our pants and just, you know, figure it out on the fly. It's not like that. They have a very detailed protocol, but, and that doesn't mean that, you know, just because it's detailed and, and it's, it's kind of impressive how it's in there. And I'm not saying they're not following it. You just, you wonder if a guy is allowed to come back. And if you look at it, 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 they, they kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth. And it was a very good article. God, I wish I could remember where I read it. Who then they said, like, the league acknowledges everybody handle or, or, or takes a concussion differently. How I respond to a concussion is completely different. How you would be completely different. How, uh, you know, and anybody else would. It's not the same for everybody. So the league recognizes that and they understand that it might take a day or two before symptoms really show up. So if you recognize that, why do you also have in there that a guy is allowed to come back if he passes a a, a brief physical when the concussion simply happens on the ice? Why are why do those two things exist at the same time? And you 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 can't Imagine that helps the situation if you bring somebody off for a concussion protocol and then you say, oh, no, you're good. If you're signaling this is a concussion protocol issue, something must be wrong. And then you're putting them out there. You're increasing the likelihood that something will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 it's kind of a little bit confusing to me as to why they would do both of those things because you're, you're, you're I mean, do are we just afraid of what the fan reaction is going to be if if we have a protocol that's if there's a spotter who sees something that guy ha- is removed for the rest of the game like is it, i really hope we're not there because then then we're genuinely we don't we're not really taking the player's safety into account and i'm sorry but fans be damned like if that if that was the i you know what, man? I would be okay with that. I followed yeah. this this NFL concussion thing like diligently, and I completely changed my tune on on like the NFL. And it's no longer like you know the, this this sport that's like got to be a macho man sport. Like I'm over that crap. Yep. And and concussions are no joke. I take them very seriously. We talked about it multiple times with Bo Byram last year. Even having a discussion on should he hang them up. With the amount of concussions he had at the age he's at, 
should he hang them up? I'm not saying like, I mean, it was just a discussion that we were having. I'm not saying that should happen with Kale McCarr, but the way that the league handles this, I kind of feel has to change. And we need to be kind of really aggressive with it in that if the, if, if a player is, is spotted and there, and there's a spotter there that has concern and you understand that it might take a day or two for to, to symptoms to really show, then you, then you need to err on the side of caution and keep that guy out. If he has to miss a game or two, so be it. Like we're talking about like your, your health for the rest of your life here. Yeah. And, and yeah, everybody brings up the example, Sidney Crosby, he got over it. Now look at his career. That's great and everything. And then when you talk about Kale McCarr and Bo Byron, their concussions, you say, yes, they suffer concussions, but let's fast. I mean, rewind just a little bit. We lost Matt Calvert because of this. Yeah. And he had to go, he resorted to a pink visor. He tried everything he possibly could to get back on the ice and his concussion problems would not allow it. So we've already lost technically one member of the avalanche due to a concussion problem. We've shortened a really great career for Matt Calvert. And now we're toying with both Bo Byram and Kale McCarr that we talk about potential for Bo and all-time status for Kale McCarr. Will this be cut short because of concussions and how the league handles it? Who knows? And and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Sidney Crosby deliberately take a lot of time off because of those things? Because, I think because it was about of, a year. It, it was close to it. Yeah, I, I think it was like during the season, and I think it was just like I, I'm, I'm just going to sit out. And I think it was close to a year that he took off. I have to go look it up, but I, I'm pretty sure like he said, okay, I'm going to sit out. He's overcome it. You know what I mean? He's, he has overcome. He's had a long, obviously successful career. So you can do it if you do it the right way. But in the these world of, you know, we got to get back out there. And I know and hockey players are, you see it all the time. Stitch me up and I'll go back out there. Uh, cut me, Lou. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, but that's different. You know what I mean? Like that, the, the, the brain is a completely different animal. Yep. Organ, I should say. So, yeah, you, um, you hear about the in the playoffs. That's my favorite thing when teams get eliminated. I played with a broken leg, a broken hip, a yeah. broken foot. Like you hear about all that, you're like, wow, what what man going yeah. through the playoffs? Like that's hockey, baby. But that's... then you're you're having <laughs> Kale McCarr and Bo Byram suffer this. And what do you I mean, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think it needs to be addressed uh in a different way. I in, in one angle, like in one side, I give the league credit. For, for having a, a pretty good and pretty sound protocol, but they need to button up things like, un, like, like we've just been talking about, letting the guy go back out there, but also understanding that, it, that he might not show symptoms for a couple of days. Then why are we sending them back out there? You, you, you have to make this thing universal somehow because right now, and, and now the Avalanche are, are suffering for it, and McCarr's going to be out for at least this weekend. Who knows? I mean, and you're going to err on the side of caution and hope that, you know, this is not lingering stuff that goes on for him for the rest of the year. Personally, I don't want him to, you know, because you don't want him to have any long term effects. Yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. But maybe it's something that gets addressed in the offseason. We shall see. All right. Let's hear from FanDuel and then we will get to some uh, more listener questions. Uh, where is my... My FanDuel read, it went away. I have no idea where it is right now, so I'm going to have to bring that back up. But we've been talking about FanDuel. Uh, it is our latest at, It's our latest sponsor, I should say. Let me bring it up here. Um, where is it? Why can I not find it, Kyle? 
Hold on. Hold on. We got it. We got it. We got it. Boom. It's taking forever. Here we go. All right. Uh, and it's focused on the NBA, so nobody really cares about the NBA anyway, right? <laughs> I, I, I mean, my Knicks give me hope yeah. just a little bit. Well, how are they doing, by the way? I, you, you are my Knicks. Uh, you have to keep me updated with the Knicks. They they have great games, and they'll lose like one or two. I mean, it's normal Knicks. I mean, they're right there, but it's... are they are they playoff contention? I don't think they are. No, All right. I well, don't look think it up they for are. me. Look it up for me. Uh, but first, yeah, like we said, we have FanDuel. We're midway point of the NBA season. We're beyond that, actually, at this point, right? Uh, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to points to point scores, three pointers drained. And even if the Knicks will make the playoffs, where, where are they? They are sitting in sixth, 33 and 27. Wow. Okay. I mean, and and it's eight teams, right? Yeah, it's, it's similar to, to They NHL, have the Heat right? and the Hawks behind them. Both Heat on losing streaks. So. Okay. All right. Okay. So just got to get to the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. And you can make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, let us get to some more of our uh, listener questions. We had some pretty good ones yesterday and some more good ones today. I think, and then probably have a few more tomorrow that we can wrap up. I held all the trade ones off because there was a few. And, and surprisingly enough, and I'm happy about this, there wasn't, I don't think I got a single one about let's trade Sammy G. <laughs> I'm not saying we're off that boat, but uh, maybe we're learning together as a community. Well, I, yeah, I think people are just maybe, I think people are tired of hearing about it. Maybe people are tired of talking about it too. And tired Their of asking grew three sizes that. <laughs> Uh, so we will start with the Miko and Nate question. Will Nate, uh, Nate McKinnon and Miko Rantanen both get to 100 points this season? Uh, they, they are, well, I say they both were on track. I just ran some numbers. And I think as of recently, Miko's kind of fallen a little bit below 100 point mark. So I think he's on track for 98. Um, and I want to double check my my map, but I'm almost certain that's what he's at. He's, he's at 1.2 because he's had a couple games where he's kind of taken a, a step back in terms of the scoring. So I think that's the, recently it's dropped him below that pace, but he's right there. And Nathan McKinnon is on pace for 107. And when you look at him, like in his stats, that's pretty crazy because he's played 11 less games than Miko Rantanen and has one more point than him. So Nathan McKinnon is on on a roll for the games that he has been playing. Uh, so he he you would think he's pretty comfortable in in a t- in you know getting to that century mark, which he has never done. Neither of the guys have done it. Um, but you know, if all things go well, knock on wood, there's no more injuries. Uh, you would think he's got a good shot, and I would think Miko has a good shot because Miko he, he's. A, he's had a fantastic year, and he is a streaky guy. So if if he can 
you know, get back in into you know the old. Uh, I don't want to say the old, the, the Miko Renton of old, but you know how he's played for most of the season. Yeah, he had a little bit of uh, a, a go here where he hasn't had a ton of points. But let me bring up his game stats. But what do you think? I mean, you think they they both can do it? No, absolutely not. Um, I, absolutely not. Wow. Okay. Because you're you're pulling out that metric on a points per game. Mm-hmm. What Avalanche has played per game? <laughs> I know that's the yeah. t- right. That, right, right, and well, Miko honestly, has M- Miko's, and when it comes yeah. to production, you're you're asking for consistency. And granted, we've been winning lately; it's been nice, but you're still not getting reliable consistency. And like Miko's in a little bit of a drought, and eventually, it's just kind of how things go. Nate's going to hit his drought. I just and there's 27 games left. I just, I mean, it would be wonderful. It'd be great. I mean, everything is kind of the way Nate's playing right now. I would see it from him. But I, I do you really think both Nate and or Miko are going to play 27 more games? Well, I mean, Miko's played them all, right? Uh, let's see. He's played 55 games. Yeah. So he, he's, he's, he's due. The injury <laughs> he's due for an injury, right? Uh, He's escaped it so far. I get what you're saying. It doesn't get it, how kind of what I was saying about um, Gabe Landeskog and how he's you know returned to the practice ice. Like and until we get the 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 date and those lines where he is playing tonight, uh, I will be skeptical until like I, I'm just waiting for the setback. Yep. You know what I mean? And I get it's kind of similar to what you're saying. Like you don't have faith because of the way that this season is going that you know something is going to creep up and bite these two guys that prevents them from getting this if we get to get that but i also don't want to live by that and and hope that at some point we can overcome all this stuff if we get to game 82 and both of them are maybe two or three goals away i it'd be like yeah they're going to get it tonight because you give them that little hurdle like three goals tonight you get a hundred but to to string it over 27 like Week to week, this team is so completely different. So, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, and knowing, like you said, anything can happen. Um, Nate just seems to be on a really good tear. Um, and you, and you kind of have to say this. All right, let me ask it this way: mm-hmm. If they stay healthy, the rest, and they don't miss any games, can they both hit a hundred? Okay. All right. So, so you, you are totally on the the. I'm just not confident that anybody in this team can stay healthy for the duration of this year, the way that it's gone. Because we still have back-to-backs, and then March doesn't look any better. So stringing things together has been the biggest thing for the Avalanche this year, and I don't think they could do it. I get it. Uh, and I want to give them credit. That question was asked by E. Badewan58. So thank you for that question. Uh, Brandon France, who usually writes in, um, asks, given where we are now – uh, what would you consider to be a uh, a successful season for the Avalanche? And I, I think he means like because they've turned it around right now. They're starting to kind of ascend up the standings. Things are looking better um, than they were, you know, a month or so ago. Um, so does that change what you would consider this a successful season to be for the Avalanche? Or has it always been the same all year? When the the season started out, we were kind of joking to each other, like this is going to be an eighty-two and zero season, like Avalanche are unstoppable because that team that won the cup, 
unstoppable. With the injuries and everything, honestly, after winning the cup, I would have been happy if we made it to the Western Conference final. And I hmm. think the I think this Western Conference final is about if we get bounced in the Western Conference final, I would feel like that was a good season for everything we went through. If we get knocked out in the second round, here we go again. Oh gosh, we're back second round. We can't get out. Um, yeah. I, I would feel good about Western Conference Finals if we get to the Cup and defend. It's just a bonus, but Western Conference Final for me. Um, I, I think we start the season as a defending champ. Like you're going to go in thinking like we can do that again. And even with you know losing Kadri and Burkowski and. Uh, you know, you had pieces that you lost that were big pieces. I, I, I still think you, you feel like, okay, we still have Nathan McKenna, we still have Nico Ranton. And at the time, you still had Gabe Landeskog before he went out. Yeah, you, you got Cal McCarthy. Like, you still have great pieces where you feel like you should be able to um, repeat or at least get there again. And then the way the season has gone, there's ups and downs to it with, you know, injuries and winning and losing. Um, but does that change your mindset? To me, not really. It really at this point and, and all throughout the season, it doesn't. It hasn't changed my mindset of like, okay, like, uh, you know, I still feel like this team can make the Stanley Cup final, and I think the main reason is because the reason why they were, you know, kind of getting defeated and and not at the top of the standings was plain and simple injuries, and it, and you and you ask the question, it's like. If that's corrected, if you have the guys that are out playing, are you a formidable team? The answer to that is yes. So they haven't had that. They have not had a 100% healthy team this entire year. And until Gabe Landeskog comes back, that will be the case. And, you know, so we're talking maybe not until mid-March if nobody else gets hurt when Landeskog comes back. That will be the first time all year you have a genuine 100% healthy Colorado Avalanche team. So, no, it has – like, if you had a, a healthy team and you were struggling as much as you were struggling early in the year, I'd be having a different conversation. I would. I think it just – I would still feel like, okay, they'll have to just, you know, get back into a, a rhythm here and, you know, but I, I and going into the playoffs, it'd be like, eh, anything's possible. And I still feel that way. still feel like this team can do some damage in the playoffs if they can be healthy going into the playoffs. And I'm sure that's a big if for a lot of people right now. Yeah. So that's where we're at with that. So to answer your question, like I, I still think a successful season. It's so it's always so tough to say like copper bust. Um, a successful season to me. God, man, I I dabble a I, lot. I don't, the, I don't think the West is that strong. I, I was you, I was just about to say that I've I have I've watched a couple East Coast East teams team, yeah. and uh, that East scares me to death. Yeah, so I think this is doable. I, I think you you are still kind of like the the cream of the West. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see where this goes. All right, uh, another one. This is from Maxim. Tovbis, thank you for that interesting name. Uh, he just asked thoughts on Malgan. I think he's doing pretty well so far. Yeah, I do too. I think he's been a great pickup. Um, I I think they I think they were like enamored with his speed and and offensive skill. Not like he's you know gonna do uh, you know 
point and a half per game like Nathan McKinnon said, but he he you have to kind of pay attention to him on the offensive end if you're a defensive team. And I I you know he he's a little bit undersized, but he's not afraid to you know mix his sticks up with with guys. So I, I like him. I like his game. I love his speed. He's got a great motor. He's got a really good compete level. All those things that Jared Bednar loves to say. And, and it, it's after watching him this season with the Abs, it's no surprise that they went out and claimed him because yep. it's like he, that's that's their kind of player. And he's only getting better the more his teammates are getting accustomed to playing with him and what he can do and how he breaks out. So I've 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 honestly been surprised on what we've been getting out of Mongo. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a pleasant surprise for sure. Um, we have Seth Abraham, 46 favorite player that usually is forgotten about by the fan base. I don't know how you could forget any avalanche player in the history of the franchise, but it happens. Who's kind of like those, those unsung guys that you really like? You know, I have, <clears throat> I have two. Mm-hmm. Mark Barbario. Mm-hmm. I, I I just loved Mark Barbario, even though he wasn't putting up like crazy points. I think he topped out. He had 32 points one year, and that's about as good as you got from him as a defenseman. It was great, but and he was only with the Avs like four years. But I love Mark Barbario. Mm-hmm. And who you said he had two? Timu Solani, baby. Oh God, really? <laughs> it, like having Timu yeah. Solani, like living through that Timu Solani and Paul Korea as members of the Avs was like a dream yeah. come true. Yeah. You don't see, and that's ah, uh, like you, you don't see a lot of Timu Solani Avalanche jerseys going around. I have looked for Paul Korea <laughs> Avalanche jerseys and they are impossible. Yeah. You may just get those uh, custom made ones for that. Yeah. Uh, for me, like I always liked uh, Sven Enrigetto. Yeah, I liked him. I, I he was a little bit understyled. Like I wonder now. I think it was just bad timing for him. Um, and it was almost like Bednar really didn't put in his system, uh, you know, for a few years. And and Enri- I think because now we're talking about with Mulgan, I feel like Enrigetto could be that guy. Yeah, he was a little bit undersized. But he was really fast. But he was he was one of those like short but like Bill he was a brick, yeah. and and he had he had good speed. Um, same thing again going back to Mullen, like really good motor. Yeah, I just liked him. I just always thought he was like right place, right time, and it just you know they, they kind of just went separate ways. So I, I've always liked Enrigetto, um, and I, you know maybe one of these days I'll get an Enrigetto jersey, but I, I don't oh. know. Yeah, that that'd be a blast from the past. I don't know, I liked him. I liked him. I he was he was fun to watch. They actually protected him from yeah. the the Vegas uh, draft. So, when I saw that, I was like, all right, maybe that they're they're uh, giving him a, another chance. But this just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, that's when they took Bernier. Who? Uh, no, no, Vegas. Vegas took. Um, oh goal. no! Uh, yeah, um, uh, Anderson. No. No, blanking on his name. I can't think of it right now. I'll, th- I'll think of it by the end of the uh... <sighs> goalie. Yeah, they they, they uh, Cal- Calvin Pickard. Oh yeah, picks. Yes, that's picks, who they picks, took. Picks, yep. picks, picks, picks. Yep, that's who they took. There we go. Um, all right, uh, and the last one we'll get to is M and F Horns. Ask he's going to his first Avs game on April first. 
So that's April Fool's Day. So I don't know if he's pulling, pulling my leg or not. If he's mm. actually going or not. But hey, uh, any advice for a first timer at Ball Arena? Uh, let me see who they're playing that game anyway. That's, get there uh, early. Take it in, man. <laughs> it? Like, Let's get see, there so... and soak in the environment. Ooh, that's a good game, dude. Dallas Stars. Hey. So, yeah, definitely go early. Uh, and I just wrote back to them. I said, just make sure you know the lyrics to all the small things. Oh, get your true. whoop whoop ready. Practice your whoop whoop. And, uh, you know, make sure you know all the small things. Other than that, it's a, it's a hockey game. Like, in, in, enjoy the time. Uh, so, and, man, if they're playing, that's great. That's a great game that he t- decided to go to. That's uh, Wow, April that, 1st. That'll be... That'll probably yeah. be a really clutch game. It's a Saturday nine uh seven PM game, sorry, mountain time. So yeah, that could be that could be standings wise, that could be a big yeah. deal. So I don't wanna I mean what soak a good it in, game dude, to that, start. That could be wow. I mean, could could that be could that be where where the the you know the standing switch could a that be what, who, who's for number one in the division? Wow. Go for it, man. That's awesome. So, all right. Uh, we'll wrap it up for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a uh, another episode. We got a couple more questions to get to, kind of revolving around the trade deadline and uh, maybe some players the Avalanche could go after. So, we'll talk about that then. And a very interesting graphic that was put up about the most hated player from each team, all 32 teams. Uh, who was it that put it up there? I had I because I gave him credit for doing it. Let me see quickly. Um, it was daily uh, faceoff. Yeah, the daily faceoff. If you want to go see who they, the, I'm not going to say who it was because we'll wait till tomorrow. If you want to go see who it was, feel free. Makes you scratch your head on, on how they picked this person for the Avalanche, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Uh, Yeah, check out our social media outlets. Follow us on there. He's Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.